The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Every day we go to war again. We assume we know so much more than them before we hear what they have to say. Headline breaks and we start to hate again. We're calling them names again. Give our peace away I hope they see it Cause I wanna see it I hope we believe it I wanna see, I wanna see the love It's all around you
Hey Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I want to thank you for joining us for worship today. It's been an eventful week. It's been a hard week. Uh, when we shot this sermon uh, with Erica Graham, and you're going to appreciate the words that she has to say, we actually couldn't have imagined uh, that we would have literally an insurrection in our capital, um, that we would be at a time that we feel many of us really isolated and really divided. And so I want to invite you to pray, to pray for our country. I never imagined a world in which other world leaders would be encouraging our country uh, to consider true democracy and a peaceful transition. And yet that's where we found ourselves this week. And if you're like me, you need to worship and you need to pray. I'm also doing the things that I do to take care of myself, which for me, those are often helping take care of you. I'm out here at my grill and uh, I'm gonna be grilling steaks and salmon for the next few days and delivering it to Ecclesians that have been sick or quarantined. And uh, I enjoy doing it, and hopefully the food brings a little bit of love and joy, and I hope you'll do the same. Will you find some ways that you can care for yourself in this difficult time and seek God and his peace? Let me pray for you as we begin our time of worship. Lord God, I thank you for so many brothers and sisters uh, who love you and who love each other. And even in a season where life is difficult and many of us are confused, we're scared, we're angry, we pray that we would be a people that would stand up against injustice, we would stand for love, and we would remind one another that there is room uh, in God's family for everyone. Nations can be divided, but God's family cannot. We pray that would be true for us today. We pray this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Just one touch from the maker And all the waves be still 
Nature 
so light If the mountains bow in reverence so light If the oceans roar your greatness so Ecclesia, we are so grateful that you're gathered here with us today. And as we continue our worship, uh, I would love to lead us in a time of offering. And I would love to invite you to pray this prayer along with me over our offering. Almighty God, we long to love you and one another as you love us. Fill us with continued worship and gratitude to sustain us in uncertain times. Help our thoughts to be holy and our hearts to remain generous as you free us from all anxiety and fear of scarcity. We seek each day to place our renewed trust in you, reminded that even in the seeming desert, your banquet table is set for feasting. Through this humble offering of our family and in all things, may you be glorified. Amen. Ecclesia, we are so humbled and honored that you've joined us today and we're so grateful for your continued generosity. And if you'd like to participate in an offering, you can do that digitally. One of the ways you can do that is by sending a text message. You can just send that donation amount to 84321 or you can visit ecclesiahouston.org give to find out more info about how you can participate in this offering. Ecclesia family, uh, we are so honored and grateful that you've joined with us today. If we haven't met in person, my name is Wayne and I get to be one of the campus pastors here and just wanted to share a few updates with you as we continue in our worship. 
we've been getting the question often, hey, are you guys meeting in person? And the answer is, yes, we are doing some things outdoors because we believe that's a safe way for us to uh, create a sacred and safe environment where we can participate in. And we're so excited that we're gonna start to continue what we did during Advent with our outdoor Eucharist services at the West Side campus. I can't tell you what a gift it was to see some of you in person uh, to do that outdoors when the weather has been fantastic and cool. And we're gonna continue that uh, for as long as we can while it's still, the weather's pleasant. Uh, but we've switched it up a little bit. We're actually doing two different time slots. So one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. This allows us to create plenty of space uh, to make it safe for everybody. Uh, there are ways for you to go ahead and register. You can go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org, and you can find the link. And what you can expect is that we're gonna sing some songs we're gonna uh, offer some prayers together. Um, we're gonna take communion together. And then we're gonna try to add in a short homily or a sermon uh, and some scripture reading as well uh, to just take advantage of that time. So this is meant to, to supplement and complement what we're doing online, but we're so grateful for the chance to do it safely and in person. If you want more information about that, we would love to see you there. Please go to ecclesiahouston.org and you can register there. Next, I want to let you know, as the new year has come, many of us are engaging in some new rhythms and trying to uh, have some really positive intentions for what we do this year. And if you're in that space, I want to remind you about something that has been happening since the pandemic, since lockdown started, and that's our midweek Vespers. And I'm so honored and grateful for our team that has put this together. It's become such a beautiful rhythm. It's every Wednesday night via Zoom, and we engage in several different uh, spiritual practices. There's a lot of singing, there's a lot of prayers. Uh, but if you haven't participated, I just wanna encourage you, it is a beautiful rhythm to begin to engage, and is a great way to uh, dive into several different spiritual disciplines and practices uh, with others in our community. Uh, so for more information on Midweek Vespers, again, go to ecclesiahouston.org, and you can find the info there. You can sign up, and you can participate in those on Wednesday night. And then lastly, Ecclesia, I just want to give a huge thank you to all of you who uh, gave towards Advent Conspiracy during this Advent season. We are so grateful that we were able to pull together our resources and to give over $500,000 to clean water projects across the globe. We couldn't have done that without you, without your generosity, without inviting your kids and your families uh, and being so creative in how we did that. And just wanted to celebrate that with you and to remind you that if you wanna to continue to give and to be a part of the work that we're doing to bless those in Houston who are in need, as well as our brothers and sisters across the globe, that you can do that. And you can do it with uh, as simple as sending a text message. You can just text your donation amount to the number 84321, and you can participate there, or you can go to ecclesiahouston.org give and you can do that. But Ecclesia, we're blown away by your continued generosity. You're such an amazing, beautiful community. We're so honored to be on the journey with you. And then lastly, I wanna just invite you to prepare yourself because we're so grateful that our dear friend and sister, Erica Graham, is back with us to share a message from God's word. Uh, I always love to uh, get an insight into Erica's life and how she applies uh, the scriptures and what she's learning there to her life in very practical, tangible ways. I know you're gonna be blessed by that. Uh, so would you just take a moment, take a deep breath, and just be ready to receive what God has for you this morning through the scriptures and through Erica's teaching. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you. God bless. 
Good morning, Ecclesia. I am so honored to be back here as we kick off the new year. I know last week, Sean talked a little bit about resolutions and change and how just because the date changed, that doesn't necessarily mean we do. I loved in Sean's sermon last week, how he talked about systemic change and we're all part of systems. Might be your a system at work or your family system. And in order for systems to change, we often have to change. But I don't know about you, a lot of times I won't change unless I absolutely have to. Like unless I'm desperate to start living a new way, I'm not gonna change. And there was one time in my life, well, several, but one time that I can think of where I knew that this current way of being wasn't gonna work long-term. And that was when I thought that I wanted to be a sports radio broadcaster or a sports broadcaster on the sidelines. And the reason that I thought I wanted to do this was because everybody told me I should do this. I was a communications major, my undergrad, and I played sports. And so naturally people thought, oh yeah, you can be on the sidelines and report sports. So as I went into internships and started exploring this new career path for my life, I had a short um, halftime radio show and I found out that one of the players had a pen collection and I ended up asking them about their pen collection the entire time, not really the game. I, I then started writing for a radio station and writing sports articles. And I remember my boss reminding me of this looming deadline for my article. And I was writing this sports article and there was a problem. The problem was that I didn't really care. I didn't care who scored the most points. I didn't care who won. I didn't care about any of the details. I didn't even know how to pretend to, to care because normally when I went to sports games, my goal was to talk to my friends and usually find a concession stands with a soft pretzel. So this time I had to like pay attention to the game and I didn't care enough to even do that. So clearly, becoming a sports broadcaster was not a good idea for me. But I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I listen to other people more than I listen to myself. So many people had told me, oh, you should be a sports broadcaster, that I actually believed them without admitting to myself and to them that I actually don't really pay attention at sports games and I never really planned to do that. You know, another character in the Bible that reminds me that we have to listen and own our authentic selves and not try to become other people is Jacob. Now today we're gonna read Genesis 32, 22 through 32. And in that story, I wanna set the scene for you first. Jacob is walking with his family and children, and they're about to cross through a town where his twin brother Esau lives. Now that doesn't sound that interesting, but what you might know from earlier in Genesis is that Jacob and Esau do not necessarily get along. So quite frankly, Jacob is 
terrified to cross through this town. There is no telling what might happen when he comes into contact with his brother Esau. So he has an idea. Jacob says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my family and my children in front of me, and we're going to go in shifts through this town. And I'm going to have them bless my brother with gifts. And perhaps by the time that my brother Esau gets to me, he will have forgiven me or he won't do anything bad for me or bad to me. But Jacob was terrified. I mean, he was in total desperation for what he should do. And that's where the story begins as we read today. It starts off later that same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and he crossed the Jabbok River. He sent them all ahead across the stream along with everything he had. But Jacob stayed behind, left alone in his distress and doubt. So Jacob's behind, he's distressed, he's doubting, he's afraid. And in the twilight of his anguish, an unknown man wrestled with him until daybreak. You know, when I first read this, I thought maybe Esau found him and wrestled with him. The story goes on. When the man saw he was not winning the battle with Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket and Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint as he continued to wrestle with him. The man said, let me go. The dawn is breaking. So Jacob's wrestling with this man. It's getting light now. They've been wrestling all night. And Jacob responds, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man responded, what is your name? Jacob answers, Jacob. Now that doesn't sound very interesting. Jacob answers, Jacob, but it will be. So pay attention to that. Jacob says his name is Jacob. The man then said, you will no longer go by the name Jacob. From now on, your name will be Israel because you have wrestled with God and humanity and you have prevailed. Jacob then in return wants to know who this man is that's blessing him and giving him a new name. So he says, please tell me your name. The man said, why do you ask what my name is? Right then and right there, the man blessed Jacob. So Jacob called the place Peniel, because as he said, I have come face to face with God and yet my life was spared. So now we know that the man he was wrestling with was actually God. The sun began to rise as Jacob passed by Penuel, limping because of his dislocated hip. And to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached near the hip socket of any animal since that is where God struck Jacob when he dislocated his hip. So it's kind of an interesting and weird story, this, this wrestling with God. But I wonder, Ecclesia, how many of us can relate to a time where we've had to wrestle with our faith or wrestle with our God in order to surrender to who we are supposed to become? You know, in that story, Jacob answered the, answered the question, what is your name, as Jacob. And the reason that is so significant is because Jacob didn't always tell the truth about who he was. If you remember the stories of Jacob in Genesis, then you know earlier in Genesis, when asked 
Who are you? What is your name? Jacob didn't give the right answer. He didn't say Jacob. He actually said he was his brother. So Jacob pretended to be Esau to his father, Isaac. And the reason he pretended to be Esau is because Esau was gonna get all the blessing and inheritance from his father. Esau, after all, was the firstborn. Now, if you remember, Jacob and Esau are twins. So you might wonder, how can he be the firstborn? But Esau just came out seconds before Jacob, I guess, because the name Jacob actually means heel catcher. So Jacob came out on the heel of Esau. And because of this, he missed being firstborn, the firstborn by just a hair, and he wasn't gonna get the firstborn inheritance. So Jacob had an idea. He said, what if I dress up as my brother Esau, and I go to my dad Isaac, and I pretend to be Esau, so much so that my dad is fooled and blesses me with his inheritance and all the blessing. And so because Isaac was old and going blind, sure enough, Jacob went to his dad and he put on goat fur on his hands and arms to try to fool his dad. Now this is not goat fur, but this is a pretty awesome Halloween costume. And I figured for the sake of the story, it was gonna work. So he went to his dad with the goat fur on his hands. And remember, his dad can't really see. And his dad at first is not very fooled. He's like, you know what? Your voice actually sounds like Jacob. But after some convincing, sure enough, his dad reaches out, feels the hairy arms, and apparently Esau was the hairy brother. So his dad ends up believing that Jacob is Esau, and he gives Jacob a blessing that wasn't meant to be for him. So Jacob leaves with his brother's blessing and inheritance. And now you can understand why Jacob and Esau might not get along that well. So as he's passing through later in the story, through this desert, and he's terrified, it reminds me, how often have we wanted to be somebody else? How often have we played the role, listened to what other people told us we should be, or completely tried to be somebody else like Jacob for the sake of gain, but we lost ourselves in the process? See, what I find so beautiful about Genesis 32 and the story of Jacob answering the question, what is your name? And he finally says, Jacob. What I find beautiful about that is Jacob is ready to tell the truth about who he is. He's so desperate and so scared wrestling with this man at the night that he is broken and he no longer has the energy to live someone else's life or abandon himself, but he's ready to just admit the truth. And that is that he is Jacob. And then that is when God blesses him and calls him into a greater calling to become Israel. You know, I think of the people that I admire most in this world, and it's often people that have stepped into who they are, and there's been a cost. You know, when Jacob was pretending to be Esau, there were great gains and blessings to be had, but there was a cost to saying his name was Jacob. And if you remember from the story I just read, Jacob hurt his hip in the process. 
You know, he might walk with a limp for the rest of his life, but at least he belongs to himself. And he is able to not pretend that he's somebody he's not, but he's able to receive a greater calling for his life because he had the courage to belong to himself. Brenny Brown talks a lot about true belonging. And in one of her books, she says, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. And I think when Jacob was ready to be who he was, he was able to fulfill God's plan in his life. And Ecclesia, I believe that we have that same invitation. It might come with loss, and in fact, all change comes with some loss, but I believe that the benefit will be greater. Let me pray with you. Dear God, I pray that as we start a new year together, that we will feel your presence in our lives. I pray that we won't feel the need to live the life of someone else, to receive the blessings of someone else, but that we will believe that you have a sacred calling for us if we are willing to hear it and be ourselves. I pray that you will inspire us to be honest about who we are and who we are not, and that through your presence, we will be moved to become a greater part of your story, just as Jacob was when he became Israel. In your name we pray, amen. Ecclesia, join me now for a confessional prayer. Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Ecclesia, I invite you to join us in communion. At Ecclesia, we take by intinction. So if you have bread or a starch at home, you may break off a piece, which is the body of Christ broken for us. And you may use grape juice or orange juice or wine, whatever you have, but dip it in. And we are reminded that Christ died for us and shed his blood so that we may live again.
Now, Ecclesia, it's that time in our weekly gathering where we pause to say a prayer of blessing over the kids and the little ones in our lives. Uh, so grateful to be, a, be able to do this today. And I want to make sure that you know that for any of you who have kids with you, that uh, we have a children's story and an activity available for them to participate in in really meaningful, beautiful ways. Uh, and just to help engage in some very meaningful conversations with your kids. And you can find that at our website, ecclesiahouston.org. Uh, just look for anything about kids there. Uh, it's beautiful. You're going to love that. So I just want to invite you to take a moment. Uh, if you've got your kids around you, definitely gather them. I always love to place my hands on my kids when I do this. Uh, if you don't have a kid with you, that's okay. Like, uh, just think of the kids in your life, whether it's a neighbor down the street or it's a nephew or a niece or somebody around the world uh, that you love, and you can send this blessing uh, to them uh, through your positive intentions. Uh, so I'm thinking of my uh, son Moses and my daughter Aiden. But my prayer over you, Moses, and Aiden is that you live by faith, that you will be known by love, that you will be a voice of hope. I pray that you have big dreams. I pray that God gives you the courage to pursue them and to be a blessing to those that you encounter. May you know all your days that I love you and that God loves you. And may you receive his grace and presence in your life. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia family, in the great unrest of this exhausting, maddening, at times quite harrowing week, I found these words from the late Irish poet John O'Donohue helpful. And I pray that they will be so for you in whatever state of heart they come to greet you today. This is called for citizenship. In these times when anger is turned into anxiety and someone has stolen the horizons and mountains, our small emperors on parade never expect our indifference to disturb their nakedness. They keep their heads down and their eyes gleam with reflection from aluminum economic ground. The media wraps everything in, in a cellophane of sound and the ghost surface of the virtual overlays the breathing earth. 
The industry of distraction makes us forget that we live in a universe. We have become converts to the religion of stress and its deity of progress. That we may have courage to turn aside from it all and come to kneel down before the poor, to discover what we must do, how to turn anxiety back into anger, how to find our way home. And so sisters, brothers, may our anger not feed the blaze of such venom, but instead kindle the righteous flame, which is warmth and light and life to the cold and hungry. The Lord's call upon you has not changed. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God, Ecclesia. Go now and always to love and serve. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.